0: This week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, can't Jason Diaz and Tim Minnichi.
1: Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen. By joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, it's been a while, but we're doing a round table, a triangular round table. So, more of a not really tri- round.
2: T- uh, triangle is it? Triangular table?
1: A triangular table. We need to do a, tri- a rhombus table.
2: A triumvirate?
1: <laughs> triumvirate. Mm-hmm. The Gettys. <laughs> the childs. There you go. Uh, joining us for this roundtable, which I'll introduce, he's back. He's been here before. He's back again. Ian McIver, how you doing? Groovy. How are you guys? Good. So you're kind of the... Let me back up. We decided, because this is episode 666, six, six, that we had to do something special I should have thought about this 12 and a half years ago in order to make 666 land on Halloween. But I didn't plot out that far ahead. <clears throat> also didn't know that we'd ever get to episode 666. I mean, I knew we'd do a lot, but not. I, we're, all, we're in overtime as far as I'm concerned. I didn't know we'd get this far. Anyway, we put out a poll and we said to the patrons, let us know what you think we should do for album or for, for episode six, 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 we're going to do a round table. What do you think we should do? We had all sorts of ideas. Um, not all of them got votes. Well, actually only one didn't get vote. Uh, uh-huh. but Ian, you suggested the most controversial albums of the nineties. Yeah. And it won overwhelmingly 49% of the option of the vote went to, uh, most controversial albums of the 90s coming in behind was um we had options we either do a roundtable or tim and jay revisit an album the behind that was america's least wanted by ugly kid joe um and then uh also portrait of american family by marilyn manson and then there was a roundtable suggestion of oh there's phil (laughs) phil just joining us now of uh, the rise of Christian alt-rock in the 90s mainstream. That would be like irony, you know, ironies. Yeah. And then, uh, hey, Phil. Hello. How you feeling?
3: It, I may pause myself a whole bunch.
1: That's okay. That's all right. I was just going through the list of the options that we had for our poll for this episode. Yeah,
3: I was actually I was actually curious on what you came up with because I, I I was doing some research because I've been in bed all day and
1: I was coming up pretty short. I gotcha. Jay said yeah. the same thing, but I, I gotcha. So the other ones that we had were Tim and Revi- Tim and Jay revisit a satanic or death black metal album. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh not- i remember those yeah. thank yeah, you I for not winning options yeah uh, that was only seven percent of the vote uh five percent of the vote went to a round table on the evilest music of the 1990s i feel like that's a harder one than the most controversial
3: well um, i mean movies. you can only name so many mariah Carey
1: albums oh sure uh, slandering our, save, our... save that one for christmas there you go <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at two percent, there was the roundtable on the history and the effect of the PMRC on the music of the 1990s, and then also there at two percent was the super shit 666 EP by super shit 666, which I believe is connected to the uh the helicopters and the uh the and uh, ginger, yep, and dragon. And then the and last dragon. one yep. that got no votes was. Jay and Tim Revisit Thrall Demon Sweat Live by Danzig. Uh, Danzig disrespect. (laughs) So, as I mentioned, we're going to do the most controversial albums of the 90s. Now, this could take on different things. This could be album covers that are controversial based on what artwork was used. This could be lyrical content. This could be the music itself could be controversial. We'll we'll cover some options here. Um, now, when we put this up, people did leave comments, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through real quick. Um, as far as uh, controversy, Jim Lazowski said, "Body count." I think we're gonna get to that one because that, yeah. that that was definitely a controversial. Yeah. Um, Gavin said, "I'm always down for some controversy." So is Prince, but uh, he's not here to do that with us. Um, Richard Waterman suggested a split episode of seaweed and clutch for 10 hours with no food or water. <laughs> <laughs> and if you uh, understand, that's, oh, that's, Waterman, Waterman, that's Waterman. my torture right there.
2: Yeah. You have to go back and listen to those episodes to to know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cur- cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> Um, Matt Stop said body count And decide Yes cover my ears For two live crew (laughs) Hate to say it but it got included I don't know that I mean There's a lot of controversial hip hop From the 90s that's not our wheelhouse I mean Even the stuff that's like That was the mainstream like when I go back And listen to like say Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style Or Dr. Dre's The Chronic There's plenty of controversial uh, politically incorrect, uh, uh, troublesome lyrics in those. And those were wildly popular. Um, so, but that's for a different podcast. That's not our, that's not our podcast. So I'm going to start with you, Ian, because you're wearing a mm. Marilyn Manson t-shirt. Yep. People can't see this video. So maybe you would like to share um, some controversy that surrounded Mr. Manson.
4: Oh, okay. Um, well, obviously, I mean, you started off with the the Portrait of American Family. I mean, that that album didn't get as much feedback. I mean, during during that time, I mean, he was touring with uh, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, uh, who produced the uh, that album, uh, and so. But obviously, the the follow up album, not the not the EP, the the Smells Like Children EP, but definitely though that one gave him wider exposure with the, the Sweet Dreams cover. Uh, his follow-up album, Antichrist Superstar, obviously, all of a sudden, all eyes were on, on Manson. Uh, I mean, obviously, especially in the United States, where there's uh, I mean, a lot of controversy around the Satanic imagery. It didn't help that he became a, a ordained minister of the, the Church of Satan. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, that, that was one thing, uh, uh, and, um, but, uh, with that, um, with that tour, there were protests at all his concerts across, uh, North America. I, I can't speak so much for, for Canada, but I imagine they, there have been times when, uh, organizations from the States have come up to Canada to, to protest. So I, I, I imagine... That. I, I imagine that they would probably make that, that, uh, that, uh, leg to, to Toronto or Vancouver. Um, and so, so of course, uh, I mean, all eyes are on him. And then obviously the follow-up with mechanical animals with him, uh, as the androgynous um, Omega on the cover with the, uh, prosthetic, uh, breasts and, and everything, uh, now, the gender bending. And of course we know how that is in the States and hasn't changed in the past 25 years. (laughs) So, uh, that also became those two albums, I would say are probably his most controversial albums just from imagery and, and in the case of some of the songs, uh, content as well. Um, uh, though, since then, uh, obviously some of the ignoring the current, uh, legal and ah, troubles and all right. that. Yeah. But uh, uh, I mean, that, that would be the peak. Uh, of course, it all came to a head. And, and this is probably one of the other things that we we can't consider as part of controversy is in 99 with the Colbine shootings. And that right. where he was listed as one of the bands, uh, same thing, uh, German artists, uh, Rammstein and KMFDM, although KMFDM at that point had broken up, uh, both were listed and, and obviously, um, more so with, with K, KMFDM than, uh, than Rammstein where I heard because they actually had to put out a press announcement saying, yes, even though some of our previous members were German, we don't condone uh, uh, the Nazi party or uh, share any of their beliefs. So there, there was that aspect as well. I mean, FDM never really had much controversy throughout the nineties with their albums, uh, though uh, at, at this point, I mean, Colbyn was a, a big uh, uh, milestone and, um, and so, I mean, when Manson was interviewed, I mean, it was like, okay, it's a, it's a bit of a witch hunt. I mean, I know that's a current on vote term with uh, yeah. with politicians now, but I, I mean, but I mean, uh, in a way it was because it was like, okay, yeah, there's my music. That's one thing, but you're ignoring the other issue of the gun violence, which
0: mm-hmm.
4: none of them have that.
3: So Yeah, Mar- Manson was v- treated very unfairly with that. I mean, yes. as, as As much as I, I i was I was never a huge fan of of Manson myself. Um, I do like Mechanical Animals though, because him him doing kind of kind of an evil David Bowie just kind of clicked for me. Yeah,
4: the but, glam uh, stuff was the glam stuff yeah, was, was good, and I think the that's gl- the, the glam worked island. better than
3: it should have. <laughs> but yeah. um, but yeah, he was just he was just un. Unjustly targeted for that kind of thing, yeah. Um, and, and similar it, 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 to Ozzy Osbourne in the '80s, you know, yeah, that right kind of it, thing.
4: Yeah, like like I said, I, I mean, it definitely went on Mansa. I mean, like I said, they listed like I said German bands, but they didn't get the the brunt of it because I mean, Cam FDM, I mean, had some crossover in the mid '90s with Nile and the. Mortal Kombat soundtrack same thing with uh, Rammstein uh, a couple of years earlier with Du Duhost and and that album but uh, I mean obviously Banson had been targeted and so it, it kind of just built and built and it was almost dogpiling, <laughs> in, in, in a way I mean and, and it probably didn't help I mean there's all those jokes I mean like even in an early internet day, I mean, but still word of mouth. Oh, Manson had two ribs removed so he can orally pleasure himself. I mean, like, <laughs> remember that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like they're, they even without that. I mean, there, there's jokes being made that can be construed as, as controversial.
2: Yeah. I, I remember um, Andy Gray superstar being I remember those protests. I, I couldn't quite put my finger though on like, was the combination of his character and the imagery and the title of that album that it all sort of just Oh, happened? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there a particular incident that's. It sort was, of put well, the, the Catholic
1: League, you got to remember in the 90s mm-hmm. and in the 80s, were basically protesting anything mm-hmm. that was in the mainstream, like Hollywood movies, uh, albums tv shows they were the ones that like were protesting the murphy brown episode with regards to her being you know a A single single mother mother, yeah and so and and Two life crew when those records were like smashed and stuff it was always a religious group and it was often the catholic league because that was a big one they were out of new york and they had a big platform at that time so they were the ones probably i'm guessing leading the way Mm -hmm. um they also and you brought up uh nine inch nails I mean, yeah. there were plenty of controversies when, with regards to, especially the, uh, the downward spiral when that came out with, yeah, the closer, the, the, the closer video,
4: the closer video, the closer had, music video, yeah. Yeah, it had censorship. Um, I mean, and, and the one that they took most, uh, to was the, uh, the monkey, uh, tied to the cross. I mean, like, one was obviously, Animal welfare, although they did have people on on site, and that that's been documented. and It's like, yeah, the monkey was fed. I mean, like he was completely happy. I mean, we we just managed to edit the straws that we had to make it seem like okay, he's in distress, right? Uh, but uh, uh, but there, there's that. But then obviously the other aspect it, it was the implied crucifixion, which that again brings it back to the religious stuff. I mean, right. Let, I mean, completely bypassing the fact that there's a couple of shots of a topless woman in the video.
1: <laughs> right. And it, I think we have to like identify people like Marilyn Manson or I would say like Guar are intentionally provocative. Like they yeah. are courting controversy as much as they are attempting to make music that's going to you know appeal to a wide audience. Um, yeah, Manson so himself has it, said it's theater. Yeah, exactly. And,
4: uh, he puts in a contact lens and makeup and off he goes.
2: And it had more power, I think, before the internet was huge. Oh, yeah. Social media. Yeah. And that there was still Mystique. So you could still make up stories about him. And like, there would be like, no way to really verify it. And that person wasn't on social media and they weren't in your face every day. So it just took on this whole other, I think, power that I don't think has been able to happen since. <laughs> Um, since the advent of social media, and you see pop stars everywhere and rock stars everywhere all the time.
3: No, no, well, that, that re- and the, the outrage only lasts maybe forty-eight hours yeah, these yeah.
2: days.
1: Right, there's always something else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, Jay, but when Nirvana's "In Utero" came out, there was a big deal because of "Rape Me," yeah. that track, and mm-hmm. I believe Walmart and maybe another um another uh place another seller requested that they change it was kmart they requested the that they change the verbiage so if you got a a walmart or a or a kmart version it said waif me (laughs) w-a-i-f instead of rape and the lyrics were not
3: changed in the song either exactly
1: uh that was like controversy and it, obviously you write a song like that, you have to expect that there's going to be some sort of controversy or some sort of, somebody's going to, you know, make a big deal out of it. I can't imagine that Kurt Cobain was naive to think like, Oh, nobody's going to care that I'm writing this song right. <laughs> or has oh. these lyrics.
4: Well, you have to keep in mind
1: with in utero. I mean, like he was
4: trying to do the opposite of Nevermind. I mean, Nevermind succeeded beyond his wildest expectations, but he was kind of put the this crown for the King of Rock in the early 90s. And that was a, a crown he did not want.
1: <laughs> right. And they also made them change the album cover because it had that um, image of yeah. the uh, what is? It? I don't know. What it, it's a angelish. Yeah. Uh, it's a
2: mannequin with wings.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of got the internals. Uh, I, I I'm trying to remember what that type of of. Uh, di- uh, it was basically
3: remember. an. It was basically an anatomy book.
4: Anatomy, yes. But right. I'm I'm trying to remember what the model is called, but.
3: <laughs>
1: and there, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, they uh they made them change that and that's not the only time that that's happened where there's been in the 90s where there was multiple covers because of the power of walmart and kmart to control so much of the um music market so like um what were some of the other ones oh uh, ritual de hill habitual by yep. jane's addiction they made them change that album cover uh, where it was just well,
3: that one became an all
1: white cover. Yeah, it just has yeah. the First Amendment on the front of the uh, album. Uh, they didn't like Perry Farrell being in a threesome on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet he had a sex tape later on in the decade that got leaked. <laughs> yep. Um, so this was a band that I just learned about recently. They're called Frenzel Rom. They're an Australian punk band. I actually reviewed one of their albums recently for The Box. You know, just high energy, not even pop punk. It's just straight up punk. They have an album that came out in 1994 called Dick Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, the co- oh, and the cover is just is drawings of severed penises filling a sandwich.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: So that got banned. Uh, not uh, that's unexpectedly, very, that's
2: very I, almost expect,
1: I almost expect that cover to come from Japan, right? <laughs> now another one that is, I get you'd say more mainstream was the Black Crows with Amorica. The they made them change that color or cover um, because they just blacked out everything except the bikini, right? Yeah, because uh, there had been a Hustler magazine picture had been used, and there were some stray and they made them black that out now i believe you can get that actual original version um but it's not uh
2: you can my version is censored but you can buy the original now
1: yeah um and now this wasn't necessarily a controversial album but there was controversy around the album and that's pearl jam versus because of the song jeremy (laughs) No, that was, was on a- ten. That was 10. Oh, sorry. I mean, I mean ten because that the song, was the music Jeremy. video. Yeah, the music video. Yeah, the video for that song because there was like, does he? What happens in the video? Yeah. And um, I believe they stopped making videos after that.
0: Yeah, because- that was the last one until
1: until yeah. uh, the animated
4: one for Do the Evolution, which was done by yeah. uh, Todd McFarlane of Spider Man and Spawn.
1: That's right. So while it wasn't necessarily a uh, the album, in whole, as a whole, was controversial. That lent some controversy to the to the band. Well, they had other controversies that happened in the in the '90s with regards to, you know, uh, their Ticketmaster battles and um,
3: yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, the, their their controversies had precious
1: little to do with anything like
3: evil, except for you know, ooh Ticketmaster, ooh they're gouging everyone, but. I mean even they relented. So yeah.
4: Now yeah. Robert Smith had better success I think.
3: <laughs> um, I when would you be... say these days Pearl Jam would be a little more successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it, I don't think they're in that position anymore. No.
2: Now they they did have a controversy with the Jeremy video. Do you remember this?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they um, they released the they finally released the uncensored version hmm. I think. Two years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, for the 30th anniversary, where they did you know spatial audio, you know streaming and all of that stuff, and they used that to promote it. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the actual their action, the actual ending, except you know without all the jump cuts that that we all know.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean that—that's another thing. I mean, with, with controversies, I, I mean, like music video um, censorship and editing, and yeah. that. i mean, it doesn't matter how big. I mean. Depeche Mode had three videos that were, were censored for or re-edited for MTV. First was Personal Jesus. During the breathing part, you see Martin's silhouette when the, the guys are in the, the bordello and, of course, implying sexuality. And But there's also the shot of the horse's uh, ass. And, of course, it's like, oh, is that BC Alley or something? So so that got edited in the States. Same thing, Walk in My Shoes. There's a single shot where uh, Andy Fletcher, Martin Gore, and Andy what? or uh, Alan Wilder are sitting and there's three naked women sitting on top of them. Uh, you, you can only see the backs. That was, uh, that sort shot was cut and uh, another shot was, uh, replaced it. And same thing uh, in your room, that all music video was kind of restricted airplay because it had bondage with the the guys and, and also the, the model, uh, handcuffed to, uh, to chair. I mean, like, uh, I mean, MTV, Definitely through their power around. Doesn't no matter how big of a band you were to say no. These videos either give us a better copy, or you're going to be restricted in airplay.
2: And those would be sounds like probably totally fine on YouTube now. Oh, like yeah. those <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't get blocked. No, no, oh, yeah. all,
4: all the videos are fine yeah. on on YouTube. Yeah, they, yeah. But I mean, like that. I'm sure there are other bands as well that went through the same thing where it's like nope nope the here's here's the u.s music video edit because like it's fine in europe but not here
3: <laughs> but the only one that re- could really get away with any of that was madonna really um
1: yeah sure. yeah i mean madonna a bit, a bit
3: madonna of, yeah. it, in the 90s was that was that big enough they like would this is this is too much and she's just like you yeah, yeah yeah the, the
4: um, whole uh, erotica era of her
3: yeah the the whole erotica era and even going as far as um i i think this is technically 1990 but uh she had a there's a funeral scene in her music video for oh father where they're showing the corpse with the lips sewn shut they wanted her oh. to cut that out because uh, right. that was just too macabre, and <laughs> and uh, she just said fuck you, and they aired it anyway. Yeah, but it came, it I mean,
2: a bit of a strategy too. I think, yeah. at that point of get get some controversy around your video, and you'll get in the press, and yeah, you know, get uh, right. some chatter out of it.
4: But I mean, she she was like that throughout the the nineties. Yeah. Because then uh, after. Uh, Blonde Ambition and Vogue and all all that era I mean then came the sex book and then erotica and and, uh, and it also didn't help I mean she could get away with it because she was one of the few that was actually releasing uh, video singles and that so it's like oh you can't watch MTV or much music in Canada just go to your local store and pick up the video single and you're going to
1: watch it (laughs) Mm. Mm. so in terms of unintended controversy, um, I I didn't I did was doing research and I because I didn't know that this had happened although I remember talking about it during our Soundgarden episode, but Jesus Christ pose actually garnered a lot of controversy when that video was released in 1991. It was only shown like one time and then it was banned from the network um, because they got MTV got a lot of calls um, Soundgarden got death threats over the song hmm. and um, they basically like it's a, I mean it's a six minute video so they're not going to play it during the day that's going to be either Headbangers Ball or Alternative yeah. Nation um, but yeah, they, and it got no airplay, radio airplay, because of it. Um, so, that I, again, that was something that, like, the album itself wasn't necessarily controversial, but because of the, the, the lyrical content of one of the songs, it caused some blowback on the band, which happened, you know, a, a number of times in terms of... I mean, Rage Against the Machine got blowback for Killing in the Name of... Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and various other songs. Um,
4: well, I Tool can't say the F word uh, seventeen times in the well,
1: song. I'm not expecting. Go. <laughs> Tool got uh, uh, you know they they're see the weird thing is their videos weren't necessarily like um, sexual in nature or violent in nature, but they they definitely caused controversy. They were definitely like strange enough to make people weirded <laughs> out. But then they also <laughs>
2: Their controversy was weirding people out,
1: but they also included, again, boundary pushing um, imagery in their albums. So, like the, I believe the cover of Undertow is like a rib cage, but then mm. inside, yeah, there's like nude men and women. There's, um, I think, there's like a cow licking its junk, in, in mm. the in the liner notes. And um, the the album was removed from Kmart and Walmart again. Again, Mm. they're, uh, you know, taking the the lead on altering albums because they ended up... And and that whole cow thing is under the CD tray. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think there's somebody at Walmart who, like, was cutting these things open, looking at going through every inch of the record, looking for anything that might be controversial so that they could stay away from any controversy um cuz that oddly it happened to um tin machine yes uh, the uh, second record
4: uh, the, the tin machine too yeah
1: yeah that got uh they they airbrushed out the, cover the genitalia of of a okay. statue um from a, like a greek statue that has it's naked so there's genitalia right. yeah. but like that's in history books and that's in art books and that's in you know yeah
4: well hey the simpsons episode dealt with that with uh michelangelo's david going across the u.s and they had to put pants on
1: (laughs) yeah i remember that um (laughs) we haven't mentioned ministry yet I, I figured this would be something that you would want to talk about ian cuz there there were not a band that was uh, afraid of controversy no no i i i mean
4: obviously i mean the, the well-known drug uh, uh drug usage of the band with especially al jorgensen was was one thing um obviously uh as well i mean releasing a a song called jesus built my hot rod didn't do them any favors and of course it comes back to the religious use in the songs and that but um yeah and then uh but I mean, leading up, I mean, that followed them around, even with uh, La Palouse in '92. I mean, like they were headlining, but of course, protests again. And I, I mean, they, 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 they started, and then kind of their their star fell off. And of course, then the focus went to Marilyn Manson.
1: <laughs>
4: right. Yeah. Well, also, well, um,
1: Dark Side of the spoon, the spoon got pulled from Kmart.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say uh, it was around the. Well, that, I was gonna time.
1: say every,
3: every, like all of the ministry albums after Psalm sixty
4: nine.
3: Yeah, it, it turned off a lot of their audience at just in and of themselves because they they pretty much did away with their industrial sure. influences and basically became kind of a a plotting metal band.
4: Yeah, yeah dark, dark side and of the it, spoon with very sludge-like. and especially
3: dark side of the spoon is very. Very sludge, very, very dirt esque. Yeah. Um, I mean, all influenced by the same thing, but
1: yeah. yeah. Um, it would be a great oversight if we failed to mention Prodigy. <laughs> uh, they, we they, little, they
4: were next on my list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a
1: little song called Smack My Bitch Up. Bitch up. Yeah. <laughs> which. Yeah. <laughs> If it wasn't just the song that was controversial, they also made a, a video that went along with it that was also controversial.
4: Yeah, it was the third single for the the, the Lands. So I, I mean, they were kind of kind of courting it beforehand with with uh, Firestarter and, and uh, uh, to a lesser extent Breathe. Though I mean, obviously Keith Flint was a, a very notable person in the music videos but i mean it started with firestar but then um yeah smack my my bitch up i mean like yeah the song didn't help and then they made the music video uh, uh, though the in a m night Shyamalan twists it cuts and it's all first person the video and then it cuts to a reflection in the mirror and it's actually a woman doing everything in the music video not a guy
1: there were some albums that I didn't know that well, but when I looked up controversial album art, a couple came up. Um, One, well, one that I know, which I was surprised that was, I, I, maybe I shouldn't be, but the suede debut album got um, some UK press riled up because there are two women kissing and apparently that, uh, should not be a, on the cover of an album according to the UK press so uh, <laughs> and and Brett Anderson said I he chose it cuz there's it's ambiguous um it's kind of a bit glossy a bit hazy so it's not exactly clear what's going on
2: yeah i couldn't t- i could never tell if it was if they were men or women so yeah. it was like un- not controversial to me cuz i was like i
1: i mean we don't know yeah no
3: it it, it <laughs> didn't really strike me as terribly controversial either
1: but yeah um, now, one that I didn't know is Heavy Petting Zoo by No Facts. Uh, there's two different versions of the album, uh, one for or t- of the cover, one for the CD and one for the vinyl. Um, on the CD cover, there's a man sitting on the ground in a petting zoo cuddling a sheep, but he's got his hand on the sheep's junk. So that's on the CD version. On the vinyl version um the same man is in a 69 with the sheep Jesus. um oh. it was banned in germany uh so mm-hmm. the germans have a have a line that you cannot cross <laughs> I, yeah. i'm even
2: seeing a note here that all the sold copies in germany were confiscated <laughs>
1: yeah wow yeah. they went old school to get that to uh, they, they did in Germany, that. they could get away
3: with it,
4: but, but yeah. yeah, especially uh, in a post unification when uh, mm. you still had uh, a lot of um different views
1: on how things were to be done. <laughs> we should mention that pretty much every death metal album that came out in the 90s was controversial, just in terms of there's you know lyrics, Satanism, and blah blah blah, like but it wasn't, it wasn't mainstream as mainstream as far as like Marilyn Manson being no. controversial or no or some like that not. no they didn't have the the crossover <laughs> um originally Dookie by Green Day was not sold by Walmart and Kmart because of the cover yeah um and they had to uh edit it in order to sell it in those stores, so I don't know what the difference is in terms of that album cover versus the original album cover. Pro- probably the monkey in the bottom
4: corner debating if it should throw feces or not.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that might do that. It. That, that
4: would that would be my strong guess. <laughs> um,
3: um, but but then again, Walmart could have Walmart could have just not stocked the record because it was called Dookie. I mean,
4: true. The title itself, yeah.
3: Yeah, so it. it, I mean, Walmart's standards and practices were all over the place. I mean, that. I mean, they they carried uncensored albums as long as. I mean, basically, that the barometer was having that parental advisory thing on it, and if it had one, no, no, we're not carrying it unless you have a have an edited version.
1: Yeah. So. Um. In terms of bands I didn't know, there was a, um, a punk band, I believe they were a punk band, called CKY, which is called Camp Kill Yourself is what that st- stands for. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or st- sorry, they were a metal band, not a punk band. But they had uh, a cover called Volume, or an album called Volume 1, which came out in 99. And there's a cartoon on the cover, and it is a rough drawing of the Suicide of R. Bud Dwyer, which happened live oh, on television. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, so
1: uh, oh, yeah, that didn't get into any particular bins in any in any bins because uh, you know that's kind of a it's kind of a no go. Well,
3: well, but it, then again, with with as far as covers is concerned, you know, Ugly Kid Joe's records in the '90s all had that cartoon. Uh, mascot giving you the finger mm-hmm. and all that all they did was put a cleverly placed hype sticker over the middle finger mm. that's pretty much all they did
1: yep I remember that happening a lot where you just whatever was offensive there would just be like a sticker there and they yeah. would just try to <laughs> just try to cover it up um, the cover for van Halen's balance was altered in some markets because it shows Adjoined twins. Conjoined twins, to, conjoined, yeah. conjoined twins, yeah. Conjoined. They're supposed to represent the uh, yin and yang of Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar. Because uh, at that point, Eddie had stopped drinking, I guess. And yeah. yep. and obviously, Moss Tequila did not stop drinking. So. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like in Japan, they removed one of the twins. Yes. Yeah a hell of a photoshop job you got to do on that um and then a uh, ice T, he was he was multiple levels uh controversial in his night on his 1993 album home invasion yep. there is a yep. cover and it's a, a young white boy listening to rap music and there's a bunch of people invading the home um and it was uh controversial time warner ref- which owned sire records refused to release the album and ice t had to leave the label he ended up yep. releasing it on uh, priority records yeah
3: and then i mean after i was going to bring up body count too but um yes ap- yeah. it was basically the it was basically the one two punch that got him to leave leave warner um after the whole cop killer thing, he was like, "All right, we'll 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 take the track out, put something put something else in." I believe it was a freedom of speech spiel, mm-hmm. and then the, then they pulled that stunt, and he just said, "I'm out."
1: And of course, there's the Body Count band, which um, was a, I guess you'd say like a thrash rap metal band. Yeah. Um, yep. And they got famous or infamous because of the single "Cop Killer," um, and I rem- there was so much controversy around that. I mean, I remember like on MTV there were like police chiefs being interviewed mm-hmm. about how they were offended and this is this should this is trash and all that kind of stuff um even like i think the president even talked about it, it was yeah. like george bush at the, the time the vice president dan Coyle or- talked about mm-hmm. it did he yeah yeah that was um huge uh huge controversy i didn't realize the body count is like still a pretty continuous ba- like they've put out a lot of records um Oh yeah, it's, it's still Ice T's
3: main musical output. He doesn't even make rap records anymore.
1: Yeah, they're
4: still active.
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven albums with another one on the way, so, which is not bad for a dude who's on uh, Law and Order for you know a lot a lot of years. He's, he finds some t- something to do in his downtime, uh, makes some thrash metal, which yeah. is cool. Uh, <laughs> there was also uh i was just reading this at the time warner shareholders meeting charleston heston stood up and read this the lyrics to the song kkk bitch to the audience yes. <laughs> oh charlton heston uh oh you could probably find that video clip somewhere Yeah. oh yeah that's probably yeah that's definitely somewhere um it was mentioned in the comments, and uh, the band Diocied, who were a Tampa, Florida um, metal band, um, they, they, the band was barred from performing in numerous venues because they their uh, belief was that religion should be eradicated from society and they sold anti-religious merchandise at their shows. Oh my gosh. So, um, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that you don't even have to put an album out. That's just right. putting out t-shirts at that point. Yeah.
2: I mean, um, they're getting to the point. I like that. They're not being around the bush.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, And then, what else did I find? Oh, well, Cannibal Corpse came up a lot uh not surprising but i did find it interesting they're actually um banned germany banned the band from all any of their music being played in the country
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that was like up until 2006 so we're not talking about like when you hear something like a country banned some a band from being played you think oh that must have been a long time ago uh no that was in the Mm -hmm. 2000s like that's (laughs) crazy (laughs) And yet they still have David Hasselhoff there. Yeah, exactly. I don't, See, clearly. They can keep David Hasselhoff. <laughs> um, one album that we've talked about on the podcast is uh, The Manning Street Preachers, The Holy Bible. That has some controversy around lyrical content. Um, I mean, the first f- two lyrics, two lines of the song, uh, the first song, are, have some choice words. But then also because of the cover, uh, which was a Jenny Seville painting, um, it's called Triptych, and it's a, a oh, I guess you'd say, overweight woman from three different angles. And there were stores that were like covering that up when they were selling the record. And um, they also are hold the record for the most complaints mm. on top of the pops because they played <sighs> faster in military regalia and mm. James Dean Bradfield wore a mask like to look like a terrorist mm. <laughs> and when they play and um, yeah, they, ha- they have the most complaints ever like 25,000 phone calls after that. Mm. If you think about it, that'd be a lot for the United States and you're talking about top of the pops in the UK, which is a much smaller market size and they got a lot of calls. So yeah. um, Slayer hasn't come up yet, but a lot of con- I mean, they've always been a band that has pushed the envelope in no. terms of uh, their either album artwork or lyrical content. Um, I, I, in terms of '90s stuff, um, I don't know if it's as controversial as Rain and Blood or South and South of Heaven. Yeah, uh,
3: I mean, because in the 90s, they actually attempted to do a Slayer version of the commercial crossover. So mm. so a, a lot of the lyrical content wasn't as overt as it was on those first
1: couple. Got it. Well, because mm. the 2006 album, Christ Illusion, was um, uh, controversial because it depicts a mutilated stoned Christ in a sea of blood on the cover and many stores refused to um, uh, uh, to stock it and in, in India they, they collected all the copies and destroyed them not expecting that to happen in India uh, I thought that maybe like the Italians would do that because they get very upset if you messed with uh, Jesus uh, it's a very religious country I could say that because it was just there. I actually walked amongst them, and uh, I can. And I grew up Catholic, so I know there's a deep. Uh... <laughs> anyway,
2: uh, well, nice
3: quality. I was going to say, let's not go
1: too far into that one. All right. Yeah. Um, we haven't brought it up. Well, Sublime, they had a couple of tracks uh, that got some negative pushback uh do you remember that phil the the sublime controversies of the of the night 90- i think there were at least two songs that garnered some we had, i mean
3: well the well the the one that i knew that i remember the most was was their song date rape right um which, ironically, it's pretty. I think that's pretty much the only song I like from Sublime. Um,
1: and that I was don't on, remember the um, other one. Was that on uh, the self-titled from '96? No, it
3: was not. Oh, okay. It was on the one before it, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Gotcha. Um, I know Where is that? What? What, what album? Is that 40 ounces to freedom? Is that the name of that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that came out in '91, but it was actually re released in '95.
3: Right, um, and then and then the sub- self-title came out in '96, like three weeks after <laughs> Bradley Norrell died.
1: Got it. Um, so part of the con, I mean, obviously, the song itself, um, which is about. Well, it's about rape, obviously, with the song title. Yeah, it's um, the song. According to Wikipedia, the song is about a woman who gets date raped by a man, who in return gets raped while in prison. That's really, uh, yeah, yeah, that's gonna get you some controversy. Um, the other thing is that uh, there was a porn star in the video. Uh, his name is Ron Jeremy, and I believe <laughs> he is now on trial or has gone to jail for, uh. His for sexual assault, or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, which just makes that even worse. Uh, that, that song existed. Um, yeah. some other album covers mm. that were controversial at the time. Um, the Megadeth youth euthanasia cover because it oh, with has, the babies on the clothesline, you know, babies hanging upside down on a clothesline.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that one got some controversy um and then uh what was the other one that uh that i well we mentioned nirvana earlier but the nevermind cover actually oh, yeah. was also controversial because it has the baby uh with this ding <laughs> out and there were certain stores that covered that yeah did You like that description, Jay? You know,
2: you, we don't you don't hear dangling enough
3: anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean that
3: that particular cover, I, I mean that whole that whole thing surrounding what was it? 2 years ago, something like that, where the oh, kid tried yeah. to sue the band, blah blah blah. Right. I mean no, nobody, nobody took that much issue with that cover. Nobody. Right. And here we are 30 years later. Really? (laughs) That's my Um, whole thing on that. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Megadeth one, too. Just more examples of, I don't remember them being controversial at the time.
1: Um. Yeah, I think some of them are, are much less. In terms of controversy then and it could just be a matter mm-hmm. of like yep.
2: everything now that is controversial just is so in your face and so yeah. intense for like 24 hours yeah whereas i guess then you could have it was like things were distributed and maybe not everybody heard about it like
0: yeah. you,
2: well
4: yeah, also our youth is, as well I, I mean it's it's like oh our parents don't like this Fuck yeah, I'm buying this.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I don't think we had as much. Like, I didn't know that there was an album say banned in Germany in 1991 yeah. because I there was no internet to look at worldwide news in the same way that you would watch, you know, the 6:30 right. news. Yeah, like for example, when I was researching this, this again, this isn't in our wheelhouse, but I owned Ice Cube's Death Certificate. I was a big fan of Ice Cube. I didn't know that that was banned in Oregon, Oregon. They hmm. just banned the record um, because of the lyrical content. It had a parental advisory sticker on it. And, like, okay, that's weird.
2: How would one state ban a record?
1: I don't know. What,
2: that's like, a- inspecting trucks coming into the state? I don't know.
4: What happens if you go to the next state and buy it and right, try to bring that doesn't it back. Make any
2: sense yeah.
4: dun, dun, dun. I guess it's just banned for sale. But I'm not as familiar as with Although the didn't, American um, state laws you guys would be.
2: Didn't Idaho or Wyoming or something just ban TikTok which also makes no sense in terms of I think they banned
1: it, it on government devices, right? Oh, or, yeah. did, or did they actually ban it for all like citizens?
2: I had been seeing they were Yeah, they, all, like, try kind of ban try it for enforcing children.
1: that. Yeah, exactly. Try enforcing that. I mean,
3: government devices absolutely, but yeah. Like say saying no to saying no to your kids having it, that's that's up to the parents, and the parents aren't gonna give a mm-hmm. crap.
1: <laughs> uh are there any other uh, controversial albums that I have um, failed to mention? A, this
3: this one this one is a little is a little on the minor scale and, and it has to do with freaking Walmart. Um Charles Crow's second record. In 1995, Um, it was banned in Walmart's for having a line of lyric in one of the songs depicting a child getting shooting shooting up someplace with a gun they bought at Walmart.
1: Right, I remember (laughs) that.
3: And I mean, because there was that's the only offense, even remotely offensive lyric on the entire record but yeah they they would not they would not have that album in their stores
4: thing that would be somewhat controversial not from us but in terms of the music industry because it happened in 1990 would have been millie vanilli gained their grammys retracted because of the whole
3: lip the syncing and, thing, and yeah.
4: everything i mean it's not controversial as an oh it's doing anything bad but just in terms of the industry and uh, I, I mean now i mean you can debate, oh, this person lip stinks when they're performing live and all that. But I mean, like that that was a huge thing that came up within the industry because it's like, okay, people getting credit, people not getting credited, uh false pretense of, of of presentation and all that. I mean, like oh, yeah. that was a that was a
3: huge big deal after it, it all came to light in nineteen ninety. It it was, and and the, the craziest part was that they spent a good six months denying it up and down oh yeah and then and then the producer said yep they
1: did it (laughs) now this isn't necessarily a controversy but this is an album cover that got removed uh, or or altered for sale and that's adam and eve by Catherine wheel which depicts these boxes all the nudity and, and nude models in each of the boxes and if you've ever seen it there's a green cover which just has like one box in the middle and you can't see any nudity nudity nudeness I was going to say Nud- you can't see any nudity <laughs> on that particular one um but you uh
3: I mean it, well that that wasn't necessarily really a big controversy not in the states at least um it, yeah, but but then again then again Catherine Wheel never really went beyond a cult following in the US no matter how hard they tried right and and something like that would would, would have likely caused a stir if they had more of a more of a footprint on on radio or what have you uh,
1: are there any that I missed that you guys uh, think I should
2: the general uh, topic no. of sampling, I remember being still so controversial. Oh, oh
4: yeah, that 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 was another
3: thing. Oh, the whole Paul's of, boutique thing.
4: Well, they they cleared everything. It was the um oh uh, shoot, who was it? Because I know it ended up affecting Cam because they uh sampled fraterna on their naive album, which was recalled. And right. not because of that, but I'm trying to remember the the lawsuit that that came out from beforehand um uh let me just quickly check here <laughs> well
3: well with the yeah. with the whole paul's boutique thing they pretty much wrote the rule book on it yeah. um because that because that album is like 90 percent samples and yeah. if i'm not mistaken none of it was credited appropriately at it, the was, time.
4: it wasn't credited but
1: they did have they did pay for all the samples
3: so they, later, they did. They paid later, but yeah, yeah,
1: because the rules changed around that. The time. rules changed
3: after that record came
1: out. I think that was like one of the reasons why they changed. All it was of it, the, the, the uh... example
3: was set with that album.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, because when when uh, MC Hammer put out "You Can't Touch This" a year later, he had to credit Rick James for for the the music part and. I mean, it's it's a little different when they're just appropriating mm-hmm. other music. You just credit that credit whoever wrote the original thing that you're sampling. But I mean, to get the actual sampled recordings, that's a whole other ball of wax, right? Which is what BC Boys had to go through in order to even reissue mm-hmm. Paul's Boutique many years later.
1: Yeah, I would imagine that that was probably a nightmare to uh... yeah to go through all of that. Uh, are there any electronic artists that we didn't m- mention Ian that we should, uh, we should bring up? No, the only other one that comes to mind though, what happened
4: in the eighties would have been uh, skinny puppy when they're on the Vivisac six tour. And, uh, part of the act they had a, a stuffed dog uh chud that would be vivisect on stage but someone in the audience thought was real and this was in uh cleveland i believe it was our cleveland or, or cincinnati so it was one of the ohio cities and, and they end up getting the cops called and arrested but that was that was in 88 so not not in the 90s but uh that that, that that's one that always sticks with me because i i know even um that that's still brought up to this date every time they they go back to to Ohio and perform there. Was
2: we there not... any? Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, were there any like Canadian specific controversies? Like not, not
1: things LJ? that maybe they're Canadian. They're not controversial.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not
4: that's
0: true.
4: Not not Is that not true? not not nothing specific with with the bands. I mean, uh, although I mean you ons in a class of her own, but um, that that may be just the whole uh, Quebec thing. But uh, especially the fallout from the referendum vote in '95 with separatism and everything. But uh, no, there there wasn't there isn't too much I can think of for 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 Canada. I mean, a lot of it would be spillover from what was going on in the in the U.S.
3: Yeah, I did notice that. I mean, well, one of the bigger controversies as far as Canadian. Canadian artists and content, and Ian, you could probably back me up on this. Was um probably it's somewhere in the mid '90s. There was there was a huge issue with with um the percentage of Canadian content in a recording, and th- was it CanCon rules?
4: Yeah, it was CanCon rules. Something so, like that.
3: Yeah. So uh, my my wife, Ryan Adams, kind of had a had a was the spearhead of that.
4: Yeah, there there was something that changed because I think. Everything about his albums, I mean, obviously was Canadian, but I think it was because he didn't record it in Canada. And so they kind of change it now. It's the, uh, uh, it goes on Ma- maple, minimum. Maple, where yeah. you have to have so many of yes. these categories, whether the artist is Canadian, uh, whoever wrote it producer. was Canadian producer. Yeah. um producer artist music so whoever wrote it and i think uh location so if it yeah. was recorded in canada so so
3: so it brian adams kind of kind of was the example set by that because that yeah. huge album that ever that with all of those uh i think horrible I th- horrible ballads I, um, waking up the neighbors maybe i think yeah yeah it was that record They. the it only qualified under one and that was artist because yeah, the producer yeah. is Zambian. Yeah. The location it was recorded in mostly in London, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, it was recorded
4: and, over in Europe and then and and
3: and, and uh, the the person the other person, Mutt Lang, Zambian, was co writing the music. Yeah. So so it, it it only fell under one category for Canadian content. And so he found himself throttled on Canadian airwaves for a little bit yeah, because so. of it, despite the fact that his album exploded pretty much everywhere else.
4: Yeah. I think it was, it was changed because the music, because he co-wrote it and, yeah. and it's like, it was like, okay, it has to be at least 50% to, to meet it. So, I mean, obviously the yes. artist was no problem, but it was, the the music writing obviously yeah he he's co-written it with one other person so yeah, yeah that but uh, yeah and uh, I, I, they keep revising the the stuff every so often so i've i've lost track but i don't listen to terrestrial radio to begin with so
3: yeah it it well there's there's that too you know mm-hmm. but hindsight and all of that. I mean a lot a lot of a lot of Canadian music television especially mm. what I lived in Boston so I got much music in yeah. the 90s so I was one of the few markets that actually got much music at the yeah. time and the the vast majority of the content was imported from the US
4: yeah but I mean I, th- I think some... that
3: became a small problem for them
4: yeah, because I think some of it also happened in, in the reverse, not, not so much in the 90s, because um, Hearts, they recorded a few of their albums in Vancouver and that uh, with Canadian producers and it's like, all yes. of a sudden with the, the Maple, now they're qualified for CanCon, but they're an American band.
3: Yeah.
4: and uh, I mean, that didn't come up as often, but that was just, I, I think it came to light with, again with the Brian Am stuff was like, okay, how are you evaluating this? Because, I mean, like, you can have Artists who are who are not Canadian qualify under this,
0: <laughs>
2: right? Like um, anybody who is recording with uh, Bob Rock or isn't right. Fair it, range, I mean, it, yeah. Canadian like Bon Jovi it, you know, recorded. Yeah, in
3: Bon jo- Like four Bon Jovi albums were mo- <laughs> were mostly done in Canada, in Canada. right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah,
1: I feel like we would be uh, remiss if we did not mention Prince, because oh. Prince came Man-change? in, to,
2: huh? The name change?
1: Well, not yet. Um, but he released uh, a couple of singles in the early 90s. And you you definitely remember his performance, but he released uh, "Get Off" as a single in 1991. Ah, yes, yeah. And he performed it at the MTV Music Awards, and if you remember, he was wearing this like yellow suit, but then he turned around and he was there was no ass. On top <laughs> yeah, of <the> suit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. But the,
3: but the, but here's the thing, Tim. David Lee Roth did that like four years that's, prior in music videos. That's, uh, true. Yeah. that's so, true. But this was, mean, TV, so. yeah.
1: this, was li- this was on live
3: TV. So this on this is on live TV, and it, it, I mean the performance itself was overtly sexual too. So there's that. Uh, yeah. Um. But so th-
1: there was that song. You also had uh, "Sexy MF," which. Yeah. Uh, Guy, I, I guess um, he put that. He added that to the record really late, and bounced yeah. a song off. And when the record label found out, they were furious. And I think that's was because they were like, that was going to be a single, and now you're bouncing it off for this song. And he was like, this is going to be the single. And they're like, you can't play this song. It's called mm. "Sexy Motherfucker." You, <laughs> that's the chorus mm. of the song. And he's yeah. like, so I'm Prince. I'm just yeah. I'm doing and and that's what happened and uh, was well,
3: well mtv did not play that video yep I, ironically i did see that video on off places the playboy channel
1: <laughs>
3: really <laughs> yeah that's, that's see, crazy I, that, I mean because it was on it was on a show of overtly sexual videos and yeah, but, I mean, I I don't need to justify why I was watching Playboy. But anyway, um,
0: <laughs>
1: was it still scrambled?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't know. I've never seen it not scrambled. So it was the next year that Prince changed his name. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that I guess that was be where he. That was probably that might have been one of the final straws with his record label. <laughs> yeah writing slave on his cheek and all that yeah right yeah he was you know he was always in the news in the 90s for at least the first half i feel like by the second half um i think there was like the greatest hits came out uh and then like he did um that the gold experience which was enormous yes yeah that That was
3: 95
1: yeah yeah and I, for some reason, I was thinking that was later, but yeah, I was right in the middle of the decade, and yep. um, there was a lot of. At, at that point, he start, seemed to like recede a little bit from the well. The well, a lot of it, charts, at least a lot of a lot of his
3: work in the latter half of the '90s was him pretty much def, almost defiantly working independently. Right. Um, and and unfortunately um those who those who have followed prince's career like i have knows that he is he was always his own best critic yeah. which means he could he could put out some spotty he has he has some tarnished catalog yeah. items it's- and so so when it when it, it came to the latter half of the nineties, he he released he released the Emancipation album, which was
1: that's right
3: three hours mm-hmm. to the second of, wow. of new music. Mm-hmm. Immediately followed followed that by a four CD set of crystal of ball vault recordings of Crystal Ball. And and a couple of independent albums that did not yeah, didn't get get a get promoted very well cuz he was doing it very independently and yep. and distributing it practically pretty much himself until and, uh, until he he attempted a you know a Santana supernatural thing in 1999 and that one just was d o a the, the raven
1: to joy or something like that yeah raven
3: or... to the joy fantastic yeah that's a bad right. album
1: it, there, yeah there's some spotty stuff after like 95 definitely going forward um i oh, did yeah. want to mention that he is partially responsible for the warning labels what it was darling nikki was mm-hmm. one of the 15 songs yep. that tipper gore listed as requiring parental guidance mm-hmm. uh so there you go thanks i Prince. mean it,
3: well it And I mean, and that was more in the subject matter rather than any actual explicit explicit language. Right. Other than the word masturbating, but
1: yeah. yeah. So I think we covered a lot in the last hour of controversial Mm -hmm. '90s music, the albums, both for content and for covers, and and sometimes uh, the stuff that they did while performing. Like Prince. Uh, But I
3: mean, hindsight and everything, because we're discussing this, you know, 25, almost 30 years later, it seems really, really tame in comparison. But for now,
4: well, I I think everything came to a head in 2004 with uh, Jan Jackson, Justin Timberlake's uh, Super Bowl performance. And, And That was kind of the peak of of music controversies. I mean, we've had stuff that's come up since, but nothing has grabbed the attention or longevity like that. Where I mean, even almost 20 years later, everyone references that instance. Like a lot of stuff that's happened, those are all localized. If you're fans of it, you remember it. I mean, the, right. only yeah, the only one that we mentioned, the only one that we mentioned, though didn't really go into too much detail, that has had that longevity is Millie Vanilli.
3: Yeah, good point. I mean, I, yeah, the, yeah, that that whole Janet Jackson thing was was kind of a turning point, but yeah, I, it 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 just it, it just seems so so weird that you know a song like "Me So Horny" is. Was so, so ridiculously profane and offensive in 1990 when you know you have WOP.
1: Sure. So yeah. <laughs> so, um, just well, saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's for a different show. Yes. But, uh, need to thank uh, Phil. I know you're under the weather. So thanks for joining yes, us. Yes, I am. And it, Ian for, no uh, for sharing their knowledge with us. And so we could talk about controversial albums from the 1990s. Uh, if you would like to hear our, uh, or if you'd like to vote on polls like this, you can join us at the union at uh, dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. That's where you get to vote in roundtable polls, in album. uh, Where the album better EP decent single polls or in our monthly tournament polls, which are albums that we collect through digmeoutpodcast.com suggested by you, the listener, go there, give us an album and an artist and tell us why you're submitting it. And then it'll eventually make its way into the uh, hopper. used to be, it took us years to get to stuff, but now we're talking about the hopper being emptied out by the end of the year so we could definitely take some new suggestions from folks
2: (laughs) well we used to vote on nine a month. now we vote on 27 a month so yeah right the math uh, works out that way
1: so uh besides uh suggesting an album at digmeoutpodcast.com you can also sign up for the box newsletter which is available at patreon it is a newsletter of new releases of 80s 90s and aughts music books movies documentaries tv shows that sort of thing plus two one minute reviews uh each week usually by myself but occasionally by our our guest here ian McIver, who uh handles a lot of the electronic music that i i'm not familiar with
4: yeah, i'll submit one this weekend so i'll probably be out next week
1: excellent and uh lastly apple podcasts is where you go to leave us some positive feedback so for Jay I'm Tim we're out and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out